Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey Shannon, welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning for you? I'm good. It's so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on and I'm excited for this conversation and where we're going to go. So first of all, would love for you to just give a quick intro about who you are and what you stand for. Yeah, absolutely. So I write books and I lead retreats and I feel like I'm living my mission, helping people awaken to who they truly are and aligning with their true self. But it hasn't always been this way. I actually came to this as so many, you know, have what I call pivotal moments where we aren't who we were before something happens. And for me in 2009, I was in a completely different career. I was climbing the corporate ladder, working in advertising and working with celebrities flying all around the world. Looked like I had it all together. Uh, Had a man who wanted to marry me, but it was very different in my inner world. I would cry myself to sleep every night. I was suffering from eating disorders and also drug addiction at the time. I hated life. I literally, it was so hard to wake up some days. I went to the doctor and she diagnosed me with clinical depression. And that was a turning point for me. I came home that night and cried on the floor like so many nights before. But this night was very different because I heard a voice that felt very benevolent and loving and kind. It was like my higher self, my higher power, angels, God. It was all of it all together. And it said, Shannon, just follow your heart. And it felt so simple yet. We hear that it's like on a bumper sticker and stuff, but I didn't know (laughs) what that meant. Right. Like until I was like, yeah, I'm not following my heart. And that was a turning point. And it led to all the work I do today. And and my new book that's out is my sixth book out in the world. So I truly am living my purpose now that I am following my heart. Wow. I've got chills. I love speaking with people like you who have stories like this. um, And I resonate so much as well about you know the moment where the little voice comes in and um how one simple message or download that you can get can lead to a completely different reality yeah it's amazing and i think when we're aware to it we can realize these are pivotal moments that help us realign you know flash forward about eight years later so three years ago i've been doing this work for over a decade now 
I was on tour for my last book, Joy Seeker, and it happened again, only it was different because they were panic attacks. I would come home to the hotel and I would break out into these cold sweats. And it was really interesting because I think once we get on a spiritual path or a personal growth path or start, you know, diving in deeper to content like podcasts like this, we feel like we should have it figured out. We should be far away. And there's this blame that comes in. So I wasn't necessarily blaming myself, but I thought, interesting, why am I having anxiety now? And it became an opportunity for me to go even deeper into the work that I now do. And what I recognized is my ego at the time was screaming. It was like, who do you think you are to travel the world full time and be a happiness coach? And this is all going to go away. And it was just, it was, you know, our inner critic can really step in when we're not kind of on the and showing up in the way. And so it helped me get deeper and led to what I now realize is peace because we can't know something unless we know the opposite. And so I was going through anxiety attacks because I asked myself, well, what's the opposite peace? Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm learning how to really understand the whole full spectrum, if you will. Mm, Yeah. You mentioned that in your latest book and I I can't remember the exact words, but it was around like receiving the opposite of what you want almost as like a lesson to show you where you're meant to go, what you do want. And I love that, especially when we're talking about things like manifestation, because so often when people are, you know, becoming obsessed with manifestation and then they get something that's the opposite of what they want. They start thinking like, oh, I'm not aligned or I must be doing something wrong. I must have not been chosen by God today or whatever the dialogue might be. And I love that because it's like that law of polarity where sometimes you get what you need, not what you want in order to illuminate what it is that you truly are meant to do. Yes. And and I think that's interesting because I learned on my path too, and I share in the book that sometimes when we put out our kind of casting call, if you will, this is my desire, this is what I want, the universe will bring us everything that is blocking. So we almost, it's, it's kind of like we have to show up to get to the path. And part of manifesting isn't just, you know, rose colored glasses, show up unicorns all the time. It's, it's actually a process. And I learned this in my own journey too, because, you know, in a couple years ago, so after I had my anxiety attacks at the beginning of each year, I like to make a power word and I pick a word. And so my word was, uh, and authentic. I wanted authenticity. And so that year, and this was the year after I wrote Joy Seeker, my previous book, I thought it was going to be just this really great aligned year. It was one of the most catastrophic years. It was the year that I was having so much anxiety. And I realized because the universe was bringing and showing me and revealing everything that was not in alignment with self. So I could truly be in that authentic space. It was the best year because although it was the most turbulent, it led to me having the next year, which was peace and led to writing this book and really truly knowing what peace inner peace is. Mm, Amazing. I love that. And on that topic of peace, I think something that disturbs the peace for a lot of people is the fear of what other people will say about them, criticism, judgment, especially for everyone, but especially for business owners. And I think a lot of newer business owners sometimes think, 
you know, once I have this audience or I have this book or I have this level of money and success, then all of these fears of judgment are going to be obsolete. They're going to be gone. But as you and I probably both know, like it's a journey and there's like layers to the onion. But something that you wrote in the book, one of the life lessons that you share was around how all criticism is an illusion and it's a separation from love. So I'd love if we could just riff a little bit on that. Yes. And this is so important because when we get deeper into growing our business, we often have these mental chatters that will stop us. And one of the main ones is the worry about what others think or thinking it will all, you know, go away when we get to that next stage. So this is, I'm glad you bring this up because interesting enough in, in my own journey, uh, there's been different points, right? So as you know, when you release something or put something out, our inner world is kind of a reflection of our outer world. And that's kind of a course of miracles talks about that. And so a lot of the times we're looking for the outside world to make us happy or to make us feel like we've had it success and we're doing it. So whatever our childhood wounds are that we haven't really looked at or haven't really gone into will reveal themselves. For me, for many of the first three to five years of my business, I wanted to just talk to my best friends. I would, you know, privately behind the scenes, even though it looks like I had these books that were out and they were doing well, but I secretly wanted so much to fit. I wanted other people, other authors to recognize me, to have be on the stage with them. And it was this childhood wound of feeling like I don't belong. And so I was still trying to prove. And so I share this personal example because through that part, you would get, maybe I would get a negative review. And in the beginning of my career, it would take me down. Mm -hmm. And I remember it, and it's this idea that I would just feel like so unworthy and it didn't matter how many more positive reviews were there. We tend to focus on the negative. So we will get what we focus on. I remember my book, Adventures for Your Soul. Uh, it was one of my first traditional published book. I was on a TV circuit interview and I was doing in the green room. I was in the green room, getting ready to go on local TV. And in the green room was this famous actress. She was on a tour of the nation and she had millions of followers. And I remember sitting there driving to the TV studio, very excited. I get to talk about my book. And the whole time I was there, I was feeling jealous. I was feeling like, I just want her to see me. I was just this comparison. And I remember I had to come home and I tend to process my feelings through writing. So I wrote a blog about it. <laughs> and I remember posting the blog about how jealousy stole my thunder and uh, I'm not good enough, took me away and how I worked through it. And I had a comment from a reader and said, Shannon, you were both on the same show this is like a crazy illusion. And I, and I thought, wait a second. It, yes, we were. And so our fear will wrap us up in this illusion. And so what I say is all criticism, whether it's in your own mind or coming from someone else, it's an illusion because it's pulling us away from our truth, which is that we are love and we are all connected in love. Mm, yeah. Resonating with so many pieces there. So many pieces. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for bringing those that. Are, those are like personal stories that I've never shared. So you get the behind the scenes. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, vulnerability is such a power and such a strength. And I, I do believe it's really important for people who are perhaps, you know, further along on their journey of success to share that because, we're humans and it's very easy to put other people up on pedestals. I know you speak to this in the book too, around like, like hyping people up and putting them on this pedestal and like famous people. And it's just this crazy myth. Yeah. That's, I think it was so, 
that I had to have a whole section about it. Uh, early in my career, I had people on pedestals. Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert is an author that I love, love, love. I still think she's wonderful. But I remember um, going to one of her book tours and I had really high expectations. I was going to meet her. We were going to go be on Oprah together. Like my mind was going there. And uh, interesting enough, while I was there in the audience, I was feeling let down because I wasn't, she had announced she wasn't meeting anybody. There was just too many people and her tour process had changed. So I was sitting there festering in my own frustration. And I share this story because I think it's really important because we do compare ourselves to others, like other people in our, in our space and what they're doing, other coaches, other influencers, and also celebrities we see. But I believe and have learned that all of those, and it talks about in A Course in Miracles as well, it's a distraction from our true self because we're putting some, we're putting our energy outside of ourselves and putting them either on a pedestal or we're idolizing them. And anytime you idolize another person, it's actually taken away from the love that you are. And the real idolization is of source energy and of the divine love that we are. And so I started to recognize that by focusing so much on other people, it was taking me out of my own process of writing a really good book myself or really showing up. And so I took everyone off pedestals. We do this in relationships too, right? With, with other people. So realizing that we are all on our own journey. Uh, and while I was there on book tour, Elizabeth Gilbert said something that was really interesting. And she said that she had an idol too. And she said, you know what? She paused got closer to the microphone and said, never, you know, I don't recommend that you, you meet your idols, uh, because you realize they're just as messed up as you or something <laughs> like that, where it was so funny. And she realized that like, she had someone on a pedestal and she messed, met them and realized that we are all just doing the best we can and, uh, working our way through life. And it's important to focus on our journey, not others, because it takes us out of our journey. Mm, yeah, totally. It reminds me of being in school and, you know, like everyone like wants to be that queen bee, but they also hate her at the same time and can't wait for her to like trip over and like pull her off the pedestal. And totally, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to be put on the pedestal either. Um, which is one of the things that I've experienced where it's like, I wanted so bad to be like the best in my industry and to be cherished and admired, but with that can also come those projections where people put you up there and then they're just waiting to be disappointed. And at some point humans are going to disappoint other humans, right? Cause like you said, we're on that journey, all yeah. of us. Yeah. And that's one of the lessons in the book. My new book return to you is everyone is on their own journey. And I think sometimes we try to be farther along or we start beating ourselves up where we're not where we should be. And it's all just this mental chatter, which is really fear, which is really just ego. And all of that is a distraction, again, keeping us from our truth, our authentic path. I like that you bring that up too, because I think a lot of us have experienced that where you're either, um, you know, in this place where you're trying to get, or you're there and you see this reflection of others, but you're right. We are all doing, as I say, um, you know, our souls are all just kind of navigating this life on the journey and we're all working together, of course, to realize the love that we are and come back to love. <laughs> mm, beautiful. One of the favorite life truths, as you call them in the book that I love all those two, actually, I felt like they were similar. So everything is your teacher and then everything you experience is a lesson that some, you know, or something that your soul is signed up for. And I love this because I truly 
feel like I've lived this. I believe this. I'm very grateful for even trauma in my childhood and my past because it's taught me so much. And I really felt like it made me the woman that I am today with a level of compassion and life wisdom. But the thing that I wanted to play with inside of this is like, sometimes when you say this, when someone is navigating really deep trauma or they are going through abuse or something really crazy, they can almost interpret this as like, you're blaming me. Like, are you blaming me? Did my soul choose this? And so I would love us to just go deeper and massage this a a little bit so that we can maybe, um, you know, get to the core of this lesson. Yes. And those two life truths that you brought up together really, really go hand in hand is, you know, this idea that we are in a school called planet earth is really important to kind of wrap our head around because our souls almost come here to learn different lessons. Right. And we've heard this before, but the whole idea is what we're going through is, is an opportunity for, for growth. And so you said it best, you know, when we're in the trauma and we go back to the parts of us when we're in those points, you know, when I was in my deepest depression and I would hear things like this, like your soul signed up for this, you can't hear it. It's a foreign language. And I am only saying this when I have come through it and reached to the other side. But what happened is eight years later, I fell into a deeper depth of anxiety and panic. And I was able to have the awareness that, okay, this is part of a bigger plan. And I might not know what it is right now, but I'm going to surrender into what is instead of resisting. I'm not going to resist what is being presented. And so right now I'm having panic attacks. I feel like life is really unbearable. And so I often say, and I talk about in the book and then in the process and with coaching clients as well, our anxiety or depression is not here to limit us. It's, it's here to free us from a life that is no longer in alignment. And so when we look at, and I work with even my coaching clients, where the anxiety is, we have anxiety, which is a fear about the future. We have anxiety and worries about people we love. And then there's also the panic and debilitating type. When you're in panic moments and it's really hard to just make it through, we have tools we can use such as breathing, such as coming back into the moment and knowing we are safe mantras. I like to repeat mantras. I am safe. I am protected. And so what it becomes is a process of navigating your life with more grace and more love for yourself, self-love, but inviting more love in from support and from benevolent energy all around. And as we do this, we start to see that we aren't being attacked by life. We're not being punished by, you know, the universe or God. We're really just doing the best we can. And so is everyone else. And I think that's a place to start. There's a lot of compassion that goes into anyone who's feeling stuck because I've had lots of moments like that, you know, and then I sit down and work my way through it and write a book about it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Turning shit to gold. Yeah, I say uh, for Jess, uh, she's a Peloton instructor. Jess King talks about a shit shift and taking it like where you are in it and you shift yourself out. So like you said, taking shit, turning it into gold. That's the name of our title. (laughs) Yeah. Next book. (laughs) Amazing. So I have so many favorite life truths in the book like they're all really profound and amazing one of the ones that you talk about is this idea um that your soul has seasons and in the book you break down the different seasons and I love this because 
I'm always talking to my clients about this, especially for business as well. It's like, you can't always be in summer. Like I know that the sun is amazing and you feel like a vibe when you're winning and you're making all the money and everything's flowing, but there are seasons. And I think for women, especially, right. Being in the feminine energy is about being in the seasonal energy and the cyclical energy. So, uh, what would you say to someone who feels like they're in the depths of winter right now in their life and their journey? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because sometimes we don't even look at it as a season and just kind of turning the light on to this is a season of my soul can help illuminate that the winter will not last forever. Winter is a time that I call of completion. It's a time that I take people through in the book of recognizing that trying to push, and this is what happens. It happened in my business. I got to a place where I was trying really hard to push forward and it felt like nothing was flowing and the same things that used to work weren't working. And it was so frustrating. And I recognized that I was being asked to pause. It's almost like a hibernation. So what we do is we surrender into it. And as we surrender into this, whatever is being called. So there's questions you can ask yourself is what is wanting to be released? What is no longer working? It's a time just like winter, dormancy, hibernation. But guess what? If you really go into that season, what comes next? Spring rebirth. I was on a client call the other day and she goes, guess what? I'm in spring. And it <laughs> feels so good after winter because the blossoms start blossoming, just like in the real life, it's spring where I'm at too. But it's this idea of recognizing you did the work and now you can birth that new idea, the new coaching program, the new book, the new um, you know, marketing strategy. It's one of these things where nothing lasts forever. So then you get into spring and then summer is the full actual actualization. It's like, yes, it's when, you know, you're in launch mode and the money, the abundance, it's you're glowing. And then what happens is a lot of times, like you said, you get talked to clients and fall will come where it's like, we have now expanded to the next level and we can't sustain where we were, but also because we're living at the next level of us, the more authentic, the more aligned, the more abundant, we have to really observe what is no longer working, what to get me to the next level after this, do I have to let go of and become so fall comes in and it's a cycle. Then we go into winter and, and it's important to note, these don't necessarily match the, the real seasons of, of life. Like if you're looking outside and it's summer where you're at or spring, that's not necessarily to say that's what your internal soul's going through, but I love this process because it has helped us calm down through the parts that aren't working. Right. And then we, we know that this is just a season. Yeah. I feel like part of this is down to the conditioning of the very like masculine paradigm that we live in where growth is supposed to be this very perfect line of upward trajectory and it can feel like, oh, I'm, I've taken a step back if you're moving into that winter phase. But it's like, if you actually zoomed out and looked at your life, you would see that you're growing all the time, but you're like moving in a spiral, you know? Yeah, exactly. I like that you bring that up because I think that is important because we are entering into, I like to call it the age of intuition, but you know, in astrology, it's called the age of Aquarius. And uh, we're entering into more of a feminine time where the divine feminine, if you will, is asking more of that energy. So it's nice that you bring that up because what used to work in that hustle culture is not working. And we're seeing that we burnout. We're, we're just not allowing it anymore. We're, we're recognizing the importance of balance 
of joy, mm-hmm. of living our life with integrity, with our values. I, I feel like collectively, each human soul all around the world, we're kind of going through this awakening together as well of what's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also talk about faith is freedom from fear. And I know you used to be a chronic overthinker, as you named it in the book. So how do we influence someone listening to the show who's really identified with that chronic overthinking and they want to have faith, but they're like, but how, but how, you know, how, how did you find your faith and how do you fortify that? Yes. Uh, This idea of overthinking is pretty common. You know, I think there was a study done that over, we have like 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day and over 80% of them are negative. So this isn't just me and people we know. It's one of these things, if you're listening, think about the thoughts that you have and how do they make you feel? A lot of the times, if we're focusing outside of ourselves and we're watching the news or we're listening to the drama of other people, we're feeling drama, we're feeling down, we're feeling anxious. And so the first thing is to detach from drama, whether that looks like the drama in your own life, setting more boundaries, having a more clear, intentional day, self-care, self-love, nurturing yourself, but also what are you consuming? If what you're consuming, whether it's news media, social media, whatever you're giving your attention to is going to consume you. So really pay attention to how you feel after. So when we start to do that, we recognize, again, our outside world is a reflection of our internal state. So our inner world is where we really want to focus on. I often say in the book as well, if you don't go within, you go without. What this means is your intuition is your superpower. We all We all have an intuition. And so to truly say someone who is overthinking, they are in their head, not their heart. And the real beautiful process is to drop into your heart and know that it's safe. And how we do that is listening to our intuition and our intuition talks to us differently. So it does become about discernment because we can feel exhausted trying to pay attention to all the things outside of ourselves uh, all the time. And it becomes debilitating, especially for people who are light workers or people who have big hearts or people who are entrepreneurs. We want to make a difference. What I often say is turn your resistance into assistance. If you're resisting, which means thinking, overthinking, that's a form of resistance or focusing on what's not working. Take it into how can I help? As soon as you drop out of the panic in your mind and say, well, what can I do right now? Well, I saw a homeless person this morning. I'll go donate some money or food. Oh, I can go around my house and and put stuff together for a care package for a neighbor. Or, oh, I can call a friend I haven't talked to. Like wherever your intuition leads you is where you go and you start to activate this sense of love in action. It's one of the most powerful ways to move through that chronic overthinking. Mm. Yeah, I love that you brought up the discernment around what you consume and your focus. I know for me, like on my Instagram, I barely follow anyone. I mostly follow like European villas (laughs) that are like really luxurious and inspire (laughs) my Taurus moon. But um, on Facebook, like, I don't know, my Facebook is just like a chaotic mess with people from like a million years ago and all sorts of news and like gossip media comes up there. I don't really know how to change that. And so I noticed that when, whenever I like click on something 
you know, about some celebrity or whatever. And I, I would start reading through the comments and like reading all the crazy shit that people write. I, I feel my vibration lower and I feel my faith like fading away. And I start losing faith in humanity when I start reading stuff like that. And I go, you know, even as being self-aware as I am, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've been reading these comments for like 15 minutes and I feel like shit. So I'm like getting off my phone right now. That's exactly it. It plummets you, right? It's just, you're not alone in that. And so that's so good. You bring that up too, because there are things that we recognize it pulls us down. So there's a choice. Like we can clean up our feet or take a social media detox or just kind of exit out of there. But I have gone through that too. Right. I think we all have. Yeah. It's like magnetic to the ego, right? <laughs> the higher self's like, don't read that. And it's like, Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> So, you know, I think yeah. too, on that, on that note, we live in a world that is really designed to distract us from ourselves. And that's one of the reasons, main reason I wrote return to you because you just, you just, in a nutshell, you, you said what it's about, you know, we, there's so much distractions. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of things outside of ourselves, but it's all out there and it's going to do everything it can to keep us sucked in because marketing knows what it's doing. Advertising, the, the, the news media, they play off of emotions and fear to keep us sucked in. It's a lot of algorithms rhythms. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of behind the scenes of let's, you know, get your money. So if we detach from that and really go into our own heart, uh, what, who am I, what do I stand for? What really matters to me? And I want to live a life of meaning of joy, of integrity, of truth. When we kind of step forward in that place, our whole world changes and we no longer like I didn't even realize the Oscars were happening recently and I don't even watch the Super Bowl anymore because I talk about in the book, you know, what you give your attention to is going to take you. And so pay attention. Your your energy is currency. So whether you're subscribing to like a big thing, that's your attention and how we dissect and move forward with more real kind of connection and inner peace is focusing on what we're giving our, our attention to and focus on what really brings you joy. Mm, yeah couldn't agree more and it speaks again to that topic that you speak about in the book around like false idols and being separated from one another and keeping us in this illusion of hierarchy whether it's like hierarchy between celebrities and normal people or hierarchy in the coaching industry I feel is a big one so big. In fact, it can be debilitating. And I, I saw it in my own journey. I know you probably do. We see coaches ahead of us. We see what other coaches are doing. And I think we look at uh, what a good place to go is, is where do you feel triggered? And if we're feeling triggered by someone else, like for example, early in my career, there were some coaches who would release books and they were New York times bestsellers all the time. And I would feel triggered by them, but then I would have another friend who would have a book that was New York times bestseller. And I never got triggered by that person. And so I looked at what is it about that? And a lot of times it's something within you that wants to be healed or revealed. And for me, of course, it was like a, a childhood wound again of wanting to be seen and popular, whatever it may be. But what we have to recognize too in this is I read this article recently about just this hierarchy of 
the celebrity culture, if you will. If you look at it, celebrity culture is cult in itself, but also if you, it, the, the article is going back to like the Romans and how there was people propped up on pedestals to distract the people, to keep them focused on something. And so a lot of times we're looking at these people, celebrity culture, if you will, and we're focusing on that we're not living our life. We're not manifesting our dreams. We're not, we're, we're just pumping money into whatever they say we should go buy. And I unsubscribed from all that pretty early on in my career. Cause I realized it's not helping me build my joy and everyone's on their own journey. We're all equal just because they have more followers or more money. doesn't mean that they're better or worse. Like we have to recognize that we are all together equal. Mm, yeah, for sure. I think it can get confusing for people in the, entrepreneurial world as well because you know you might have a really beautiful pure desire to be a millionaire and you do amazing work but I know for me there's definitely been points in the journey where I've had to like come back to my center and and be like not so obsessed and fixated with a number or with a milestone and come back to the reason well why do I truly want that in the first place and sometimes it's like I'm looking for belonging in success versus being like, I want to create that because that is what my soul is here to do. Yeah. That's the key thing that I think happens to a lot of us too. Yeah. You said it. It's what is my soul here to do? I have a friend who talks about the path you can go in this space, you know, whether it's a coaching entrepreneur being of service, she said, there's the celebrity path. And then there's the being of service path. You can do both, but once you choose to be celebrity, you're in the public eye. And a lot of times you are not your own. You have to constantly cater to the outside world. And a lot of times it may take you out of service and it's no problem. I have another friend who's like on a mission to be a celebrity. She's paying PR and everything. It's wonderful. We all have different focuses, but what it comes back down to is what your soul wants. And so in the book, Return to You, I also talk about every soul is on their own journey, but our beliefs create our own reality. And we often have beliefs, like if I'm more famous, then I'll be happy. Or if I have more followers, or if I hit that launch, (laughs) these are often beliefs that are keeping us unhappy because they're based on things that really don't align with our true self values. Some people really do value money, power, fame, but our authentic self that's coming from ego, that's coming from what's often um, kind of the mind, our heart, our true self, our spirit is here to be of service, to be in joy, to be in love. And I chose to run my business from a heart place business. I know you too. That's why we're here together. When we lead from this place, it becomes this dance of life. You're not always trying to chase or achieve or be seen. Instead, you surrender into the flow and allow yourself to be who you are. And in that place, it becomes, you're way more abundant and more, everything comes to you because you're in alignment. You know, it's like the vortex, if you will, as Esther Hicks talks about. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, definitely. And like the irony is that I think when people come from that original why to be of service and impact and to spread their love and their light they usually end up becoming like really successful because exactly, exactly. their intentions are just so beautiful and they're focused on the work. And that's it. I, I believe when you truly follow your heart, you are always provided for. And when you're in that place, you can't not not succeed on a, a just abundant level. And I think that's what we see in our business. And it's, it's wonderful because you're living in integrity with self. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. 
So obviously so much of this is laid out in the book, uh, but what would you say is your biggest tip for finding that inner peace when you are an ambitious and driven person? I think just having the mantra return to you is a good place. And that's one of the reasons why I want to call the book return to you. Because if we're in this place where we're going along and anything, whether it's a new opportunity, whether it's a client situation, whether it's, should I do this? Should I stay? Should I go? Return to you as a mantra where you go inward and say, does this feel aligned? Does this make me feel closer to my best self or does it pull me away? And that's a place that brings us back to peace because peace is not outside of ourselves. It's an internal experience and uh, everlasting experience that is with us. It is our natural birthright. So anything that does not bring us peace, we just disengage with. Mm, Yeah. It's so true. Like I spoke to a lot of my friends at the start of this year who are all very successful. And like you, we choose a word for the year. And I was like, what's your word this year? And so many of them said peace. And I think it's really interesting because they've, you know, collected the accolades. They have the success. They have more than they could have ever dreamed of. And then it's like, okay, I I want peace now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think that's interesting because you are reflecting exactly what I've heard in my circle of friends too. So many uh, were talking about peace and also it turned into burnout for a lot of people because they were trying so hard to hustle, hustle, get ahead. They got it. They got the accolades. They were on the shows or whatever it may be. And then it's like, oh, then you're with yourself. And I think it does become about self-love. It does become about being who we are as we are, knowing that that is enough. A lot of times in our space, especially as women, we will kind of go into these paths where we try to become uh, something based on what the outside world says of us. But this path, Return to You, is about you being you and knowing that that is more than enough and the world needs you just as you are. Mm. Amazing. Well, it's been so amazing to riff with you. I can't wait to dive even deeper into the book and we'll link it in the show notes for everyone. Uh, Where should everyone come and find you? My website's playwiththeworld.com and there's actually a quiz you can take on knowing what your intuition style is there. And I share that in the book as well. So that's fine. And then I'm on social media at Shannon Kaiser writes W R I T E S my author page and the book return to you is available everywhere. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story today. It's been really profound and I just appreciate you. So Thank Thank you. you. It's been so great being here with you and connecting. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did reach out on Instagram, my handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage, and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely 
and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.